All right. Well, today we're going to um, continue with our study through the book of Lamentations, uh, and we come to the second part of chapter three. So um, if you have your Bibles there with you, and you should, um, I encourage you to take them to Lamentations 3. We're going to be looking at verse 40 to 66 this morning. So 40 to 66, continuing our study um, through the book of Lamentations. Um, Today, just as we walk through these verses, my prayer is that um, uh, the Lord would just help us to learn about him, learn about the truth of God, and, and help us be encouraged from his word and to call us into further obedience um, to it. Uh, so today, again, coming to Lamentations chapter 3, um, in these verses before us, um, we're going to see the author of this book of Lamentations calling us to repentance. That's the main point um, of these verses from verse 40 down to the end of the chapter, verse uh, 66. We're going to see him calling um, the people during this time in their current situation to repentance, to return, to return to the Lord. And uh, that's the, uh, the main, main theme of this second half of the chapter. And after calling on people to return to the Lord, the author shows us what that looks like. So he's going to call us to repent, and then he shows us what that looks like. He begins with calling them to confess, to confess their sins, confess their sins before him. Second, he gives a personal example from his life, um, a personal example of how he turned to the Lord and how the Lord received him uh, during that time. The example from his life is to be an example to Israel and how they likewise uh, should turn to the Lord in their pain and their sorrow and that the Lord will come near to them just as the Lord came near to him. And so he gives that example. And third, lastly, we're going to see a truth that is remembered in the midst of the suffering. Namely, the truth is that God sees and will take vengeance on his enemies. Uh, the last verses, are they read sort of like an imprecatory psalm. Uh, verses that call on God to display his justice to those who have done horrible deeds and atrocious crimes. Um, so let's read together these verses and ask God's blessing on our time of studying uh, his word. So let's begin in verse 40. Let us hear the word of the Lord. Let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. Let us lift up our hearts and hands to God in heaven. We have transgressed and rebelled and you have not forgiven. You have wrapped yourself with anger and pursued us, killing without pity. You have wrapped yourself with a cloud so that no prayer can pass through. You have made us scum and garbage among the peoples. All our enemies open their mouths against us. Panic and pitfall have come upon us, devastation and destruction. My eyes flow with rivers of tears because of the destruction of the daughter of my people. My eyes will flow without ceasing, without respite, until the Lord from heaven looks down and sees. My eyes cause me grief at the fate of all the daughters of my city. I have been hunted like a bird by those who were my enemies without cause. They flung me alive into the pit and cast stones on me. Water closed over my head. I said, I am lost. I called on your name, O Lord, from the depths of the pit. You heard my plea. Do not close your ear to my cry for help. You came near when I called on you. You said, do not fear. You have taken up my cause, O Lord. You have redeemed my life. 
You have seen the wrong done to me, O Lord. Judge my cause. You have seen all their vengeance, all their plots against me. You have heard their taunts, O Lord, all their plots against me. The lips and thoughts of my assailants are against me all the day long. Behold, they're sitting and they're rising. I am the object of their taunts. You will repay them, O Lord, according to the work of their hands. You will give them dullness of heart. Your curse will be on them. You will pursue them in anger and destroy them from under your heavens, O Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask his blessings on our time in his word. Father, we pray that you would speak to us this morning uh, in this format as we um, do the stream. Lord, that your word, uh, we confess and know that it is living and active, sharper than, any, uh, sharper than a two-edged sword. And so, Father, we pray that you would bring encouragement to our lives from your word this morning. Father, help us to learn about you from this text. Help our knowledge of you to grow. Help our love for you to ever expand. And Father, help our obedience to you to continue to produce fruit in our life. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, many times in the book of Lamentations, the author will take up a theme that he started in the last verse and pick it up in the following stanzas or the following uh, verse. And that's what we see happening here in this chapter. If you look at verse 39, you see there where the author says, Why should a living man complain, a man, about the punishment of his sins? So he brings up this idea um, of, of being punished for one's sins. And uh, we've seen clearly the reality of sin in this book and in this sermon series as we've been going through uh, Lamentations. We've seen that we live in a fallen world. Um, all bad that comes is a result of sin. All suffering, all disease, all viruses, all of these things are a result of sin. And in Genesis 3, suffering and sin entered into the world. Everything that has happened uh, since is connected to that sin. Biblically speaking, the causes of suffering can have a direct or indirect correlation to sin. We've seen that in this book. Uh, sometimes we face hardship because we just live in a sinful world. Um, that's just part of it. The world is fallen and this is the world that we live in. We know uh, very well how true that is even today. Sometimes we face hardship because of our own sins in our lives. So this is a direct cause. So there's an indirect cause. There's, many, there's sometimes direct causes, suffering brought about by our disobedience, kind of a direct correlation. Well, in the verses we're looking at today, um, they make clear, the author seeks to make clear, there's a direct correlation uh, between the sins of Israel and the punishment that is being brought upon them. As verse 33 stated, it's not as though the Lord uh, just capriciously brought calamity upon Israel. Uh, no, he, as it says there, does not willingly afflict or grieve the children of men, as if God was in a bad mood and he uh, took it out on those in creation. No, that's not what happened at all. Israel sinned, they sinned repeatedly for generations. Uh, and God raised up the Babylonians to bring destruction upon that nation. And uh, this book has detailed and continues to detail that destruction and that devastation. Uh, so it will, it will continue to teach us, this book, 
how to cry out to God in the midst of distress. Um, even distress, as we see in this passage, that God has brought upon them to reach out to God in the midst of it and cry out to him. So as we look at verse 40 and 41, uh, we see the main call there. It says, let us test, examine our ways, and return to the Lord. So what, what the author is doing here is he's calling on Israel to open their eyes, to test their actions, to examine their ways. And he wants them to say, I have acted against God's word. I have been disobedient. I'm not living how God has called me to live. He's wanting them to see that the trouble that they are currently facing is directly related to my sinful living. And that's what he wants them to see. And he calls them to return, return to the Lord. If you're called to return, necessarily that means that you have left, that you have left something. Well, what did they leave? They had left off obedience. Uh, they'd left obedience to God's commands. Uh, they've left worshiping him. They uh, giving their lives over to the God of their fathers, the God of Israel. And he's calling on them to come back to that, return to that, come back to God, return to him. In verse 41, he puts it this way, let us lift up our hearts and hands to God in heaven. Literally, we could translate that there as let us lift up our heart on the hands to God in heaven. He's saying there, let us give to God all that we are. The heart here in the Old Testament wasn't just speaking of emotions. It's speaking of the mind, the will, the emotions, all that we are. And the author is telling Israel, let us lift that up to the Lord. Give your whole self to God. Look at your life around you and seek to live in obedience to him. And he's calling them to do that in ways that they were not currently doing. So what a great word just that is for us today. Um, a call for us to give all that we have to God, to give our whole lives to God, realizing that um, we are all his and to live accordingly. Uh, maybe you might have been um, contemplating death more frequently during this pandemic maybe than you had before. Um, as believers, I would just encourage you, let that reality, uh, the reality of our mortality, help, help us see how much more we should be living for Christ, just to give us that big picture mentality and for us to seek to follow Christ with all that we are, with our lives, and to seek to glorify him in all things because that is what Christ has called us to and that is what he has given us life for. Uh, so the author here wants God's people to return to him, kind of pick up their heads, look at the situation, assess what's going around you, look at the destruction that Babylon has caused and to clearly see, hey, this is because of your disobedience. Um, so what does it look like here in this context for the author of Lamentations to uh, call for that return to the Lord, call for them to offer their whole selves up to God? What does that look like? What does it look like here for them to return? Uh, how will the author encourage them to return? And uh, does that mean that they have to forget all about the atrocities the Babylonians have done to them? So we're just kind of walk through that in three ways uh, this morning. So kind of three, three points here throughout the text. Um, first thing we see is a sober confession. Uh, 
a sober confession in verse 42 and 48. So returning to God begins with confessing sins. We see that in verse 42. Look at verse 42 again, what the author says there. He says, we have transgressed and rebelled and you have not forgiven. You have wrapped yourself with anger and pursued us, killing without pity. You've wrapped yourself with a cloud so that no prayer can pass through. You have made us scum and garbage among the peoples. All our enemies open their mouths against us. Panic, pitfall have come upon us. Devastation, destruction. My eyes flow with rivers of tears because of the destruction of the daughter of my people. Um, so the author here, first part of verse 42, states it plainly. He says, we have transgressed, we have rebelled. And he wants uh, them to see that. And he wants them to state that uh, plainly and to say, Lord, we have transgressed your word. Uh, God had spoken to them in the old covenant about how they were to live, but they transgressed. They rebelled against that. They were rebels. Um, our society today sort of holds the word rebel as sort of a good thing, one that breaks out of the mold, uh, doesn't listen to outside authority, one that's true to yourselves, etc. But to rebel here means to rebel against God, to rebel against God's word and to break God's commandments. And so needless to say, that is not the place that you want to be. And the text says, and you have not forgiven, speaking about God. Uh, so the author here, speaking about the seriousness of the situation, um, says, look, the way that you are living now without uh, being faithful to him, God has not forgiven. Um, he has he not forgiven your sins. It's not that God will not. It's just that the people had not sought forgiveness to God. And so the following verses here portray how God has shown them punishment. And they clearly acknowledge that God is the author of their calamity. So they're confessing their sins and then they're acknowledging, Lord, you have done these things in verses 43 to 48. So they need to see this, confess their sins to God and God's judgment upon them. So that leads the author in a way to encouraging them to return. And he gives them a second point. Here's a personal example in verse 49 to 57. Um, so in these verses, whether the author is Jeremiah or, or someone else, he correlates his own experience to the experience of Israel as a nation. Sort of like saying, uh, look, this happened to me like it has happened to everyone else. And just as God came near to me, so also will God come near to you. So he, he gives us this personal example that we're going to, to see and that we've read. And he said, just as God heard me and I came to the Lord, God received me, so also uh, nation of Israel, as you come to the Lord, return to him, call out to him, God will likewise receive you. So verse 49 to 51, we see uh, how affected he is by their sin and God's judgment. This is definitely a sign of uh, repentance and true returning in our lives when we mourn sin. When we mourn sin in our lives, we see um, the devastation of sin. We see what sin brings even in our relationship with the Lord and um, we mourn that. Look at his mourning in verse 49 as he states it. He says, my eyes will flow without ceasing, without respite until the Lord from heaven looks down and sees. My eyes cause me grief at the fate of all the daughters of my city. 
He is weeping because of what has happened to them. He is grieving the fate of the daughters of the city, all the atrocities that have fallen on them. As we've seen throughout this book, these were horrendous atrocities, murdering of the Israelites by the Babylonians, the burning of people, the burning of building. As uh, we would call them today, we would call these type of things war crimes done against them, against, uh, against Israel, against the women of Israel. His tears flow. There's no break. There's no respite. He sees the calamity. It causes him to mourn in his life. In verse 52 to 57, he recalls this personal event. Um, and he says in verse 52... Um, I have been hunted like a bird by those who were my enemies without cause. Uh, so he's received, because of his obedience to the Lord, his following after him, um, he's been hunted down because of that. Uh, they flung me alive into the pit and cast stones on me, water closed over my head, and I said I am lost. So he's describing the situation of whether this is a cistern and whether this be Jeremiah um, in Jeremiah 38 as he was cast down into a cistern or a pit. It, it, it really is the point is the same for us. He was in this pit. He was there. Stones were thrown on him, probably to stone him to death. So if you picture um, a well or something like that, a, a, a pit of sorts and stones being hurled at you um, upon him. And as the text says there um, that he was crying his plea to the Lord, stones on him, water closed over my head. And I said, I am lost. So water is, is literally coming up uh, over his head. And he said, I'm lost. I'm at the end of my rope. Literally, uh, the, his life was about to end. He was about to be cut off. But he called upon God. And here's his prayer. Do not close your ear to my cry for help. So you can just kind of picture him in this pit. Rocks being thrown at him. Water being brought over his head. And can you picture him there crying out, to God. And what was God's response? Well, the text says God came near. God drew near during this amazing time of affliction. And get this, here's what God says to him. Do not fear. It's quite an amazing thing for the Lord to say is you're in a pit, rocks being thrown, water's coming up over your head. You're crying out to God and God says, do not fear. So the author here wants Israel to hear how God drew near to him. It was an example for them that amidst their suffering and pain, if they would return to the Lord, he would draw near to them. And the book of Lamentations has so clearly taught us to pour out our hearts to God. Vocalize, as we've seen, our complaints, our struggles our prayers for God to hear, to see our condition, and also to trust in God amidst the fog of it all, our inability to understand or put things together, to trust the God who is over it all. And that's what we see taking place in these verses. And that's what uh, Jeremiah is saying here, or the author is saying here, as, as he's saying, look, I cried out to the Lord, the Lord heard me if you confess your sins, Israel. If you come to him acknowledging your sin, the Lord will draw near to you just like the Lord drawed near to me and we um, can have the ability to not fear 
because God has come to us. And so that's what's taking place in these verses, which uh, leads the author calling out to God to bring forth justice to their oppressors. So uh, what we see here in verse 58 through the end um, is a determined remembering, a determined remembering. Um, Last week, if you remember, um, we saw in the first part of this chapter how we are to fight to remember. We are to fight to remember truth when we are times of darkness. Uh, we, when, when we're in the dust bowl of trials, we must recall the clean air of the truth of God and his word. In verse 22 of chapter 3, the author reminded us of God's faithfulness, of God's steadfast love to his people, that God gives new mercies each morning, and so we can trust in him in difficult times, and that truth helps see us through. And so the author is recalling that. He says, you must remember these things. We saw that. You must remember God is faithful. You must make yourself know these truths and remember these truths so that it will see you through difficult times. And here in verse 58 to 66, the author is doing the same thing. He calls the Israelites to remember a truth about God that will help them get through their present suffering and their present difficulty. Namely, that God will take vengeance upon their enemies. God will bring them to justice. God will bring his enemies to justice. And so in verse 58 and following, we see him call out to God for these things. He says, you have taken up my cause, O Lord. You have redeemed my life. You have seen the wrong done to me, O Lord. Judge my cause. You can see how he's calling out to God, saying, Lord, see what is done to me and be the judge of those things. You have seen all their vengeance, all their plots against me. You have heard their taunts, O Lord, all their plots against me. The lips and thoughts of my assailants are against me all day long. Behold, they're sitting and they're rising. I am the object of their taunts. So how difficult his life looked to live in obedience to the Lord and receive taunts and threats uh, from from the enemies of God um, upon him as he's on the run. Um, and Babylon or whoever else here coming against him, um, taunting him and seeking his life. And he's saying, Lord, hear that. Look at my situation. See that. And then in verse 64, he says, you will repay them, O Lord, according to the work of their hands. You will give them dullness of heart. Your curse will be on them. You will pursue them in anger and destroy them from under your heavens, O Lord. And so he's describing here, saying, look, all these atrocities against me, yes, they're brought about because of our people's and the nation of Israel's uh, sinfulness. But likewise, he's saying, Lord, you see what they are doing against us, the injustices that have occurred, the things that um, have happened to the women here in the nation of Israel, the starvation that was coming upon them that we see in this book. Um, all of these horrible things that are brought upon them. Uh, He's calling out to God to see it and to take justice upon it. And when injustices occur, when groups of people seek to slaughter others and do the unthinkable, uh, this concept of the justice and wrath of God wells up within us, does it not? We want to see people punished for horrible atrocities and sins that they do to others. And just imagine what that would look like in 
his life here in this time period of Israel. And the comfort that brings to know, hey, the Lord is in control, the Lord sees, and the Lord will bring justice. The New Testament quotes from Deuteronomy 32:35 in Romans 12, 19, uh, where Paul is speaking about how believers are to seek to live peaceably. Romans 12, 19 says, Beloved, never uh, avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. You see, we can trust God to bring forth vengeance upon those who do not turn to him in faith. That's the same thought that these verses in Lamentations teach us. God will not ignore the sin and the pain that people bring upon others. Uh, And that is a great truth to remember, especially for those who have seen what the book of Lamentations has seen. So as we just conclude um, this chapter today, um, just a few further points to uh, point us to um, as we... Uh, hear these verses and as uh, we say Lord help us to live in obedience to your word Um, a few things for us to think about number one is trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins these verses call on us to turn to the Lord and that begins with confessing your sins that is our greatest need in life That is your greatest need, my greatest need, our greatest necessity, no matter what. We know God's word teaches us and we know from reality that we will all die. Jesus has come so that our sins may be forgiven and we may have life. These verses speak about a curse, a curse of God to be upon their oppressors. In the New Testament, we see that Jesus came to bear the curse of God for sinners, for sinners who return to him, who come to him. We can be forgiven because Jesus has bore our curse on the cross. And so this morning, maybe maybe you're joining us in, maybe, maybe you're watching, I would just encourage you today and share the good news to you today that your sins can be forgiven by trusting in Jesus Christ, by trusting that he came and lived and died on the cross for your sins, the curse to be upon you that scripture speaks about. That if we believe in him that he died for our sins that we will be forgiven. And brothers and sisters, let us just remember that today afresh. Remember as we see these verses calling out for uh, a curse to be upon those who are doing these atrocities to the people. As we see um, this prophet here calling God's people to return to him, uh, lift up their hearts to him with their lives. Let us just be thankful that we can know what it means to be forgiven of our sins, that we can be a part of the family of God, that nothing can separate us from him and he has saved us. Let us just be encouraged today because of what Jesus has done for us. Second thing here is, believer, you need to be willing to self-examine your life. You need to be willing to self-examine your life. Lamentations calls upon, calls upon the Israelites to pick their heads up and to look around at their own lives. Okay, he's, he's calling on them. He's saying, just look, look at your life. Look at things going on around you and be aware and self-examine. 
and we need to do the same in uh, our lives as well. This is a pattern of things we see throughout Scripture, so this isn't um, abnormal. We need to ask ourselves the question, am I living how God's Word instructs me to live? This would, this would be a great uh, little type of devotion uh, to do in uh, extra time that you might currently have being at home. Um, I pray that you're taking advantage, uh, those of you working from home, do your due diligence and duty to work at home and to uh, put in your correct time. But as you might have more uh, opportunity, um, come to God's word in this way, asking him to show you things in your life that you need to return to him on. Uh, ways for you to give your life to him to be producing that fruit in your life. So take a sober look. Let us do that. Let us take a sober look at our lives and open up God's word and ask God to show us areas in our lives that we need to return to him, that we need to come back to him in obedience. Uh, may, may this time be a, um, a period in our lives where we can do that, where we can get alone with the Lord and to come to him. The New Testament instructs us to do this very thing. Uh, Philippians 2, 12 and 13 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, so now, not only in, as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So he speaks about there working out your own salvation with fear and trembling in your life. Necessarily, that means um, a sort of self-examination. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, Examine yourselves to see whether you, you are in the faith. Test yourselves. 1 Corinthians 11.28, Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Basically, we should be asking ourselves, are we producing the fruit of a Christian? Uh, we know that we're not speaking about perfection, but we're speaking about growth. We're speaking about growth and obedience to the word of the Lord, to let God's word be shaping us, molding us, cha changing us, the way we think, uh, the things of our affections, the things we love, and the way that we act, to let God's word be changing those things um, and for us to be molded by them. Let us determine to live by God's grace in obedience to his commands, to go to his word and to be changed by his word. Let us return to him and to his call of obedience to us. Last thing, thirdly here, um, take comfort in the fact that God is near in our darkest days. Let us take comfort that God is near to us in our darkest days. The author calls out to God in verse 55, and in verse 57, uh, he says, you came near when I called on you. You see, God is near in our times of trouble. He doesn't leave us. He is there with us. Praise God that we cannot be quarantined from the presence of God. He is always with us and we can trust him. Even when days are dark, uh, when times are bad, when life seems out of control, let us learn again afresh from here. God sees, God hears, and God draws near 
to us. And he speaks to us and he tells us, do not fear. That's a good word for us today. And I just remind you, when God said, do not fear, where was the author of this book when God told him not to fear? He was sitting in a pit, rocks thrown upon him, water getting ready to rise over his head, and God tells him, do not fear. God is ever present with us. In, in whatever trouble that we face, whatever anxiety we might have, let us be encouraged from these verses to call out to him, to seek to draw near to the God who has saved us. We can trust God. We can trust him to bring us safely home. He will never leave us. God will never forsake us. Let us remember the words of our Savior who said in John 16, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for uh, your word and how your word brings truth, how your word breaks through the fog of the troubles and the sin of life to bring forth light and guidance, a light into our path to bring us comfort, to bring us hope, to help us not trust in this life, but to trust in the life to come and you returning and setting all things straight. Father, I pray that your word would bring comfort to your people today. I pray, Father, that you would help each of us in our life to seek to come to you and return to you. Lord, even this week, would you show us areas of our life that we need to live in obedience, ways that we can further produce fruit, actions that we might need to stop or actions we might need to do. Lord, would you help us by your grace to produce this fruit in our lives? I pray that you would help these very crazy days that we're living in, Father, to be productive for you and that you would do your work within us. Help us, Father, to love you. Help us to love our neighbor um, in the midst of these days as we trust solely upon you and in Christ our Savior. Lord, thank you that we can, by your grace, just look at your word for a little bit today. And uh, Lord, just to be in, encouraged by Christ and called on to further obedience. Father, ask your blessings upon it. In Jesus' name we pray.